Hey guys, I'm Shay, a three-winged two on the Enneagram that finds her home in Atlanta, Georgia. The goal of this podcast is to create an ongoing conversation about the tensions of following Jesus in today's culture. Join me and many others as we have conversations that challenge and inspire us to follow Jesus in our day and age. This is Just Shayin'. This is Shay, um, and I have a friend on today that I'm excited to chat with because she's probably one of the realest people I know, um, <laughs> as in real funny. No. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, and she's just real, and I love the way that she lives the simple gospel, and I love that she's challenging people to follow, actually pick up their cross and deny themselves and follow Jesus because... According to Matthew 10, 39, that's the only way you find life is to lose your life. So this is Jessica Tate, and I'm excited to have her on because she is literally picking up her cross and following Jesus. And we just spent 30 minutes talking, (laughs) and I was like, shoot, we could have have had a series. So Uh, many podcasts. So many podcasts. This is no longer just Shay's podcast. This is (laughs) Jess's podcast. (laughs) Um, but yeah, so I've just, yeah, I was like, there's 7,000 conversations I'd love to have with her. Um, but I just thought talking about just the simplicity of following Jesus, what that's looked like in your life and kind of the theme I'm shooting for in these next few interviews that I have with people are, what is it like to follow Jesus in the 21st century? Cause I'm convinced, I'm so convinced that it is probably the hardest times to follow Jesus because Jesus has become my homeboy. I wear a cross on my necklace, but I don't actually, I haven't had covenant with Jesus, but I believe in Jesus. And so, yeah. So not a big topic at all. No, no. It's such a small, easy, easy, easy topic. This is good. I I mean, I think this is one of the main conversations that we're, we're needing to have in our generation is looking at people and saying, um, honestly, this has been the message I've been preaching for months now is just going, Hey, this is what the Bible says following Jesus looks like. Does your life look like that? And the, the altars are getting flooded. I mean, honestly, it's insane because people are just going Oh, Nobody actually told me that, that it cost something. Nobody actually told me that it meant my life was supposed to look like this. So when you give me the picture Oh no, my life doesn't look like that, you know, and and it's just this this reality of we we do we have so many people now that are preaching a uh, I, I don't love the phrase watered down gospel, but it really is what it is, you know, and um, and so we're we're having to call people back to the cross, you know, to actually go look at um, in First Peter chapter two when uh, he says, hey, like this is the example that Christ set for you. And what I tell people all the time, like there's examples of Christ that I love. I'm like, cast out, cast out demons. Yes, God. Like I am on board with following that Jesus healing the sick. Please God, let me. Yeah. Woo. You know, we're all about that. But then when it's like, Hey, Christ suffered and left this example for you so that you may walk in it, you know? And then verse 23 says this, he was reviled and he didn't revile in return. He Woo-hoo. suffered and he not you know? And I'm like, okay, so here's a piece of Jesus that we're going, he left you for this example. Does your life look like this? That's a good, that's a good question. You know? Yeah. Um, so I, I think a, there's like, a blatant question. Like it's, it, it's a yes or no. Oh, absolutely. Like it is a line in the sand and we're going, do I look like Jesus here? And I, I tell people all the time and I, you know, I, I know it offends some people, but I go, there are parts of Jesus I don't like. 
Same. I'm just being, I'm just being honest. Like I, I, there are parts that I read that I go, well, I wish you wouldn't have acted like that because it means I have to, and I don't want to, you know? And so you take that and you go to the Lord and you go, listen, I preferred that Jesus would have defended himself. That would have been nice because then I would have a right to defend myself, but because he didn't, I don't have a right, you know? And so we have to take a hard look at the Jesus of the Bible and go, does my life look like him? And there's so many areas that I'm just being honest. My life doesn't. And there's parts where I look at it and I go, I love those aspects. I will gladly live those aspects, please Lord. And then there's aspects where I go, you got to help me because Lord, you know, and I just, I don't want, because I love him. Right. And we've talked about this. Like, if you love me, you obey me Yeah. because I love him. My love for him is greater than my desire to be comfortable. My love for him is greater than my desire to live life the way that I want. So I go to him and I'm honest and I go, my heart doesn't line up with what I see in you right here. Will you help me? You know? So we, we, we need a real look. We need a real look at Jesus and we need the word to be a mirror. Like it says it is. And us to have an honest look at ourselves and go, do I look like him? So I love this topic. <laughs> no, it's great. I love this is one of my favorite topics and I was really excited to get you in on it. Cause I'm like, I feel like we could both talk for like ever on it. I'm like, we need to do it. We need to do an event. Like we just need to do it. This is a whole conference about yeah. this. Yeah. Just like, like this is just the hard truth. Um, yeah. What I love though, is that we're both, I guess we would both be considered millennials. Yeah. Um, which some days I love and some days I'm like, I'm not a millennial. Totally. <laughs> I'm just confessing my sin to another millennial. Um, <laughs> some days I'm like, yay. And some days I'm like, nope, you don't know me. No, totally. Um, don't put me in I your love, box. What I love though, what I love about our millennial generation is that there's been so many things obviously that are roughly said about us. Um, but I honestly think at the end of the day, the millennials have caused this beautiful place where they want truth and they want the honest thing because generations before us love you, but I'm just saying in general, they've pushed us to the place where we want the truth. Yep. And we don't want it sugarcoated because we see where it led everybody else. Totally. And so like in the millennial generation, I feel like there's been somewhat of like a remnant, if you would, for lack of better terms, like a remnant of people that are actually, I think, genuinely going to save Christianity. Totally. Because we do, like, no, we don't like calling it the watered-down gospel, but, I mean, essentially that is kind of where it's at. Like, you're either, you either understand the concept that because it costs Jesus, or because it costs God everything, it should cost you everything. All for all. Or we've made it cheap, and it's like, hey, you know, you can take on his name, but you don't need his nature. And, and which is cheap, right? Like, because, I mean, that's only going to get you so far. Yeah. I mean, it'll get you to heaven, yep, but it totally. can bring heaven here, which is yeah. what, we, what we desire and which we're actually commanded to do, like, is to yeah. bring heaven here. And so, like, I love that we're both millennials and we're both like, we are so tired of this, like, like totally. this, this thing where it's like anybody... Um, like, yeah, like you got to have the fruit, like, and it is, it does come down to simple commands. Like they say, Oh, it's a simple gospel. And we sing these worship songs, a simple gospel. And I think of the people in there singing the songs and I'm like, 
do we know what we're singing about? Because like well, there's parts of the gospel that hack me off. I'm like, I am yeah. not there yet. Yeah. Um, I don't love my neighbors the way I should. And I am like the Samaritan that's like, who is my neighbor? Like, you know, I'm, I'm that person sometimes. I'm like, I don't want them to be my neighbor. Like, I don't want that person to be my neighbor. But this I'm is the thing. If my neighbor loves Jesus, they can come over. But like, am I cool with, you know, like with the Muslim down the street coming over to my house? Which obviously I am. I've gotten to the point where I'm like, heck yeah, come on over. Right. But I don't think believers as a whole, like the bride is there. Yeah. But what you're saying is such a key and that's, it's self-awareness. Like it's going, this is where I really am. And, and something yeah. I, like, I just love is this, this quote, right? Like God doesn't meet you where you pretend to be. Yeah. And I'm always like, I tell people all the time, I'm like, you're, you're missing the Lord. Cause you're expecting him to show up where you're pretending you are. And yeah. he's not going to show up where you pretend to be. Yeah, He's going to show up where you really are. So if my heart is really like, I, I don't like that person, God. I don't like this situation, God. And then I go into the prayer closet and I'm like, bless them, Lord. Bless them. I, I just pray you have mercy on them. No, you don't. Like, no, you don't. And he is not going to meet you there because right. he knows that's not where you are. Right. He's going to meet you where you are. So you go in and you go, all right, right now I'm feeling like David. Smite them, God. And I know that's not right. And I know that heart is not right. So meet me here. And then he does his part of exchanging your mess for something beautiful. He says, give me your heart of stone and I'll give you a heart of flesh. You know, beauty for ashes, joy for mourning, you know, a garment of praise for heaviness. He does the exchanging, but you have to admit where you are. And I think that's what I'm loving about millennials is we're starting to go. We're taking off the church mask. We're taking off the, oh, bless them, God, you know, and we're just going, no, honestly, this is what I feel. Honestly, this is where I'm at. And now there's maturity that needs to take place in there too, where you go in and you go, but God change me because it's not right. Like, it's not okay that my heart is thinking some of the things that it, it thinks and it feels, but we're, we're being honest. And I think the Lord can work with that. It's like David, the man after God's own heart, sitting there screaming, saying, you know, burn them up. And why was the Lord attracted to that? Because he could take the mess and, and fix it, but he cannot take your pretend holiness and, and do anything with that. So this, like, we hand to, like, it's essentially, we have to hand him what we think are good intentions. Absolutely. You know, and we have to hand him that mask and, and, yep. and say, here's the mask, but here's the mess. I really am to meet me here. I can't get to meet you in your good intentions. Absolutely. He never meets anybody in good intentions ever. Yeah. And I love that you're talking about like a heart of stone. Cause I think something that I really like, this is something I've been chewing on is that like when, when he talks about give me your heart of stone, I'm like, that's not just a one-time event. The way that salvation honestly isn't a one-time event. Like I was reading uh, about Peter and like the first words are like, come and follow me. And the last words to Peter are follow me. And it is constantly the invitation of follow me. And are you, you better check in. Are you following me? Totally. Because I really genuinely believe we can follow and then we stop and he keeps moving and he turns around like, are you following me? Listen, the problem with living sacrifices, which is what Romans 12 tells us to be is a sacrifice that is alive can crawl off the altar. Right. Yeah. A dead sacrifice is stuck there. But this is also why he says, consider yourself dead. Yep. 
Like put yourself on the altar and consider yourself dead. Leave yourself there. Do not pick up your own life and crawl off the altar, but it is a temptation and it's something we have to go. I'll follow you today and I'll follow you tomorrow and I'll follow you. You know, same thing with forgiveness, same thing, any of those things that we are working on. It's a choice every day, every day, every day. It is. It's that. And I love it because even with Peter, we know he denies Jesus three times and then Jesus redeems him three times. Like there's literally nothing that can outstand like the redemption of God. But the the invitation is still the same. Peter, you love me, tend my sheep three times. And then he says, hey, Peter, by the way, this is how you're going to die. They're going to take you to a place you don't want to go. They're going to stretch out your arms. And this is going to glorify God. P.S. Follow me. And then Peter, (laughs) freaking Peter, man, he looks across, like he looks over his shoulder behind the John. And he says, what about him, Jesus? And (laughs) this is the part where I was like, I actually like sassy Jesus. Because Jesus says, what if I want him to stay? What if I want him to live until I come back? Yeah. What's it to you, Peter? Follow yeah. me. And I was like, yeah. sadly, Jesus then told him, what's it to you? Follow yeah. me. Yeah, totally. And I think that's the invitation that he constantly is giving. Like, Absolutely. my follow doesn't look the same as your follow. Totally. But I'm still <laughs> commanded the same commands. And if here's you the obey thing, me, like, if you love me, you'll obey me. Totally. If, you know, love, love yourself, love your neighbor. Love God with all yeah. your heart, your mind, your soul. It's totally. all the same. It looks different. Yeah. But essentially, it is the same. Yeah. And the thing is that I think, like, you and I would agree on, I'm sure the people that listen to your podcast would agree on, it's worth it no matter the cost. And that's the thing that for our millennial generation, the struggle can be because they live in a, in a society where everything's handed to them in, in so many ways. You get instant gratification at your fingertips in so many ways. The distractions are more numerous than they've ever been. And then I'm sitting here going, hey, it's not going to be easy. It is going to cost you something. Hey, look, here's what I'm offering you. You know, the world is offering you money and fame and I'm offering you, I don't know. It could be really hard. It's going to cost you your life, you know, (laughs) and still trying to give the message of going, but it's so worth it. Yeah. Like it is so, even in my hardest moments of following Jesus, I've never regretted my yes. You know, even when it, you know, nearly killed me because you know, my story, it was, I don't regret it a bit. Like I, I love him. Mm-hmm. And, and there has ne- there's literally never been a moment where I've regretted giving him my life. There's been moments where I've looked at him and been like, why has it got to be like this? You know, why does it have to be this hard? Why does it? But I would never, I would never, I've never regretted the moment of going, you could have it all because the peace and the joy and the fulfillment and the kindness and the relationship of knowing him is worth whatever the cost might be. Take my life. I don't care. Like it's, it means nothing to me. Like you can have it literally, you can have it all because. I mean, it's like Jesus life, said, he's just like, you can't kill me, but I'll freely give you myself. And I was yeah. like, Dang. like, can I say that? Can I be like, Hey, like you can't kill me. I'm already dead, but I'll be more than happy to hand myself over to you. Like, am I that dead? Totally, yeah. How dead are you? If he's he's like the perfect image of what I'm called to look like, like I'm definitely missing it in some areas. Oh, 
girl, I have been messed up by this whole concept of just exactly what we're talking about, but like studying the real Jesus lately. Ooh. And I've been, I've been rocked by uh, the humility of the Lord. This is something that I've been just studying and studying and studying because I'm sitting there going, um, you know, Philippians and, and several other epistles just kind of say, Hey, Jesus was humble. And I'm like, but he was God. You know, and and then he talks about in Philippians, he considered equality with God, something not to be grasped. And I'm like, this is, this is, you know, this, this messes with my brain because of who he was. And then you look and like, uh, we love Matthew 11, 28, right? Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. But the very next verse, he says, come and learn of me. I'm lowly and I'm humble. Like, like you want rest? figure out what I'm like. I'm humble. Like, and I'm sitting there going, you're God, but you have every reason to be full of yourself. And yet you chose humility. And then I look at modern day Christianity. That's like, look at me. Look how many followers on social media I have. Look at my name on the poster. Look at how many conferences I'm speaking at. Look how amazing I am. And I'm like, wow, Jesus even he was God and still humbled himself and you're a human and you want to exalt yourself and think that that's following Jesus. Like again, we got to look at these attributes of who Christ really was and go, does my life and, and even the motivation of my heart, does it line up with that? Cause I can say that I could listen. We've all been in church long enough. I can say the right words, oh, but when I sure. sit with myself, Yep. Am I, am I really like him? Is the condition of my heart like him? And this is just right now, this is my thing. Like, this is what I'm going after. Just let me be like you. Like, yep. and I mean, you, not, not our representation. I mean, when I read the words, the ones I don't like and, and still let me be like that, but it's, it's not. It's it's, like it is the word, right? Like we can't just go to it for comfort. It is our comfort. Totally. But it also confronts us and says, mm-hmm. like, like uh, we talked about it earlier, and you're like, if the Bible's really a mirror, like, <laughs> yeah. like it says it's supposed to be, like, mm-hmm. when we look in that, what are we seeing? Totally. You know? I mean, that's something that's walking through, too. Like, it's like, I feel like, my, like he's reduced me down once again. Mm-hmm. Constant and humbling. He, he is enough. Mm-hmm. Like, outside of, like, all the stuff, the fluff, the, the doing this, doing that. It's like at the end of the day, when I lay my head down on that pillow, I'm like, Jesus, you could take it all. Like literally. Mm-hmm. And I would still love you. Totally. Take it all. Bill Johnson says the word is a, it's a sword that pierces and then it heals. So it, it literally cuts you and then it heals you where it cut you, you know? Yeah. And I, I love that representation of it because we, so many of us go to it for healing, but we're not letting it cut us. Yeah. And I'm like, if it, if it doesn't cut you, it probably ain't going to heal you. Well, yeah, you know? if it don't cut you, like it, it's not healing you. I think yeah. most of the time when, that, when that's the case, it's kind of like I'm taking, I'm going and reading what I want to read to make myself feel good for a second. And there's nothing different than when me going watching Netflix, watching a movie that makes me feel good. Totally. There's really nothing different. I mean, I know it's like, oh, cool. Yeah, I read my Bible, but it's like, but did you let it read you? Because yeah. that's the point of it. Yeah. You know, and, and, and that's really what following him looks like is like, totally. okay, like I surrender my rights. 
And I think this is the the cry of our heart, like uh, you, like you and me. We were talking about this before the podcast. But Jesus says, like, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the Pharisees, then you you will not know the kingdom. I mean, that's real, right? And then what does he say about the Pharisees? They speak a lot. They tell you what to do. And he said, he said, listen to what they say. In other words, they're saying the right things. They're saying love the poor, but they're not loving the poor. They're saying love God, but they're not loving God. Like they're saying all the right things. And so this is something we have to look at, especially as I know you speak, I speak, you know, like as ministers, especially I have to look at and go, does my righteousness exceed that of the Pharisees? Am I getting up in the pulpit and preaching a sermon I'm not living? Because if I am, the Lord's saying, I won't see the kingdom. And, and the fear of the Lord hits me for that, where I go, oh, girl, you better be doing what you're saying. So can I tell a quick story real quick? Um, yeah. I, I, and I, I'm going to talk about someone who would not mind me telling this story because he told it in front of his whole church. I was just up in northern Brazil and we passed a, a group of people on the side of the road. Uh, the situation there, I don't have time to explain, but tons of Venezuelans fleeing a, a massive humanitarian crisis and they're overrunning the cities in northern Brazil because there's nowhere for them to go. So I'm in one of these cities that is just overrun with Venezuelans. They're, every, they're everywhere, like living on the side of the road and in refugee camps. And we are about uh, two blocks from this pastor's church. We're about a block from his house and we're a block and a half from where I'm staying. So we're all in the same neighborhood. And we pass this building and there's a bunch of Venezuelans standing in front of it. And he goes, yeah, there's about a hundred Venezuelans that are just living there in, in the abandoned building. And, and we just keep driving. And I thought, well, that's so interesting. You know, you know, what do you love your neighbor, right? literally a block from the church, a block from his house, a block from where we happen to be staying. And so we go and, and on my own personal time and my, my team was with me and we go buy some food and we go, Oh, we'll go bring them a little bit of food. We don't know what else we can do. There's Venezuelans everywhere, but we'll just, we're just going to go see, right? We get there and there's 500 Venezuelans mm-hmm. living in an abandoned building with no electricity, no basic necessities, starving, tons of kids, disease. I mean, it's a bad situation. And, and and we decide to go do something, right? So we bring food, we do whatever, like, cause that, that's what you have to do. Now I, I'm telling this story because of what happened. We called the pastor and we said, Hey, would you want to come with us to this community and bring food? And he said, yeah, I would love to come. So we go, we buy food together. We bring food to the, this community and he, he starts crying and we get up in front of his church that night. And he says this, I see them every day for over a year but I've not seen them. And he said, today we went and I saw them. And for the first time, when my eyes were opened, I had compassion. And he told his whole church, we're going to do something about this. Come on. And I sat there and I said, for a year and a half, you've been preaching about Jesus, passing your literal neighbor on the road every day to go to your church and have a service. But today you saw them. Now, today, your righteousness exceeds that of the Pharisees. But what about for the last year? And this has become my concern with modern day Christianity. We preach great messages. We go to great conferences. We say great things. We see, but we don't see. Just like what Jesus said. He said, seeing you don't see and hearing you don't hear. And this pastor said it, now I see, and I couldn't help but feel compassion, and now we're going to do something. 
this is what the church needs. We need to see and we need to hear, really see, really hear and start living out the gospel, not just preaching a gospel we're not living. Yeah, that thing. It's so good. I think that it's so simple. We can read the gospels. We can say, you know, I'm not a Pharisee, but but the truth is we can easily go into like to living like a Pharisee. I know the scriptures to quote. I know how to raise my hands in church and look like I'm having an encounter. That's scary. Like that's scary business. But I mean, it's the same way. Like we have a mutual friend that lives in Jackson, Mississippi, and she sees yeah. Jackson, Mississippi. Yeah. Living in the, 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 the inner city, like just loving on them. Yeah. And it's like, that is the gospel. Yeah. That is the gospel. When he says, hey, hey you follow me and leave everything. It's like, I want you to see me. Yeah. I want Every you day. to see me. And those who have eyes will see me and those who have ears will hear me. And it's getting back to what are we hearing and seeing? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I, live, in, I live in the hood of Atlanta <laughs> every day when I drive. I love that. The hood of Atlanta. That's what I call it. I, God, challenged, real. I, God challenged me to not call it the hood. <laughs> but for the essence of conversation, I live Currently, in, the situation is the hood. <laughs> yeah, I live in the playground of Atlanta is what I've been yeah. calling it. <laughs> um, but the truth is it's the hood. But every day when I drive, the, even my own street or like any street around me, I'm like, God, don't let there be a day that I don't mm-hmm. see these people. Come on. And let it break my heart. Hmm. Can I say that I nail it every day? No. Do I no. feed all these people? No. But am I constantly no. saying, God, show me how to love these people. Show me how to see these people. Do not let my heart turn back into stone. Yeah, absolutely. Because it's easy absolutely. to. It's easy to. I mean, with like literally less than a mile and a half from my house is an area called Tent City. Mm-hmm. It's one of the biggest homeless areas. It's literally like miles and miles of people living in tents. Yeah. Under bridges. I mean, they've taken over parking lots. Like, it's just their thing. And I'm like, yeah. God, let me see them. Yeah. Now, am I going out there yet and being like, here I am? Like, woohoo! <laughs> like, here's food. Like, there's ministries that do that. And I'm not opposed yeah. to that, obviously. Yeah. Um, but that's been my prayer every day. Like, God, don't yeah. let me get numb to the idea that these people are in need. Just yes, because it. I feel like my need is greater. Right. And when you're immersed in need, the temptation is to go, it, it's so much, it's so overwhelming. I can't meet the entirety of the need. So I just, I just do nothing. I, I call it like need par- paralyzation. Like you become so paralyzed by the amount of need. And I, I face this temptation all the time with what, what we're dealing with with the Venezuelans, what we're dealing with with other crises and stuff. And, and I just go, okay, God, I cannot fix the uh, migrant Venezuelan crisis. Four million people. I can't. I cannot fix it. I can't even. Four million people. Oh, cannot fix it. I can't even fix it in this one city. What can I do? And yeah. what are, and what are you asking me to do? I mean, that's that's another whole other issue we can talk about. But like, what are, what is my part to play? What am I supposed to do? So today I can feed these people. Great. Yeah. Then that's what I'm going to do today. God, what what do I do tomorrow? And you just you 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 ask the Lord. You know, show me. But this is the thing. It's not it's not even about what I do, Shay. Yeah. It's just not. It's about my heart. 
Yeah. Like, that's what you're saying. Like, what is my heart in this situation? Like, um, we, we, it's the heart issue. It's the love issue. It's the making sure that I'm still, still doing that. If you love me, you obey me. So is my heart in love with him? So am I obeying the things that he's asking me to do? Am I seeing what he's asking me to see and responding how he's asking me how to respond? I am not going to stand before the Lord and him one day have a measuring stick and go, there were 4 million people who left Venezuela and you only helped right now. We're helping about a thousand. You only helped 1000 of him. So you only get this amount of points. That's not what he, that is not the measuring stick. No, nope. he's going to sit there and go, did you, did you do what I, what I told you to do? Did you do what I told you to do? And, and if my goal is that I stand before the Lord one day and I can just go, absolutely. God, I did my best to do what you asked me to do. That's, that's what I'm trying to do. So it's a beautiful thing though, because it's like, you're not going to be held accountable for those 4 million people. You're going to be held accountable for what he asked of you. And what the Lord. determines that is your heart posture. Absolutely. Because it's Absolutely. not about works and it's not about like my little life's going to do it all. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is about, you know what, I'm going to be held responsible for what he asked for me. The same way I'm going to be held responsible for the amount of truth I know, because that's the amount of, that of freedom that I'm going to get. Mm-hmm. And it does. It always comes back to that, which is yeah. returning to like, you've got to, to your heart posture. I think it was something I wrote the other day, like just in my journal. And I was like, Shay, you've got to return to heart posture. Absolutely. Like at the end of the day, like that's really all that matters. Like, Absolutely. like your heart posture. And when you do miss it and when you do fail, yeah. Yeah. you know, like yeah. you return to heart posture. Like, okay. Like his love is for me. And my heart more than anything, God, more than I need this or I want this or anything like this. Because we can easily go there and wrap his name on it. I mean, that, totally. that, it's, it's sickening, but it's true. Totally. But at the end of the day, are you enough? Like, are you enough? Is my heart just so set, God, whatever you want, are you enough? Like, you alone are worthy. We can sing the song, you're worth it all, all the time. But what is the it? Like, you're worth it all. But we don't work. I mean, I think you said this earlier before the podcast, and I think you quoted Bill Johnson. You're like, he asked you to sign a contract with a blank, with blank paper. And yeah. he says, I'll fill it in later. And that's what he's asking. Like, I'm not going to guarantee you what your life and following me looks like. I'm not going to show you like, you know, like what it's all going to look like, but I want all of you. And at the end of the day, he wants all of our hearts. He doesn't, the accolades, you know, as much as we love them, he's like, I just want your heart. And if it means that I promote you in some ways to expose your heart, then it's worth it. And that's just enough to slay you right there. Oh, yeah. There's, there is one place that is, I, I call it my plumb line, one place that I continue to run back to. And, and it is as simple as, am I in love with him? Yep. Like, am I coming back to this reality that everything I'm doing, because first Corinthians 13 says you, you can do all the stuff. And if you don't have love, it's nothing. So I, I'm not measuring how much good am I doing? Mm-hmm. I'm not measuring that those kind of, I'm, I'm going back to do I have love? There was a, uh, it's too long of a story to tell because we need to wrap up, but I, I was in Sudan years ago and I had a situation where I woke up in the middle of the night. I heard a bunch of kids worshiping. It was like one o'clock in the morning. Listen, Sudan is not a piece of cake. I was exhausted. I was tired. I was irritated, you know, <laughs> long, long story short, like I really wanted them to shut up, but I, I knew I felt drawn from the Lord. So I went to go see what was going on. They're worshiping in the middle of the night. No missionaries making them nothing. And their hands raised, tears down the face, singing about how amazing God was. And I just walked away and I said, Lord, what do they have that I don't have? And, and now I'm doing missions in war zones. 
I am loving the broken. I am feeding people. I am doing all the stuff. And I could tell there was something different about these kids than, than something that I had in my heart. And I asked the Lord and he said, Jessica, you love me. And I was like, yes, God, I do. And he goes, but they're in love with me. And there, it, it struck me and that I could be doing the right stuff I could do. And, and it's like what you said, I was saved. I was going to heaven, like no big deal, right? Like we're, we're good on the salvation front here. I am serving. I am giving my life, but the intimacy with the Lord that produces the fruit that I'm looking for was not in my life. The, the content of my heart that said, I am in love with you was not there. And that began the journey for me of just going, God, I want to fall in love with you. Like, I don't want to spend the rest of my life at this level of love or at this level of intimacy. I'm not interested in that. I'm not interested in being known. At the time, I loved that I was the war zone missionary, you know, and, and now I could care less. I just don't care. I don't, I honestly, it means nothing to me. I just want to be in love with him. And I want the temperature of my heart to stay in that posture and continue to grow. And I say like, Lord, just burn my love hotter. Like just make it, make it hotter, you know? And, and the more you see of him, the more in love with him you fall. So the more you pursue him, the more, you know, like it's just the, the primary passion of, I know my heart, I know your heart. I know the crew we run with, like all the same, you know, just Jesus, just let us be in love with you. Yeah. Everything else, everything else will sort out. (laughs) It all come out in the wash. That's a, that's a message. True. Um, and I think it is, it comes down to like, we, the doing comes from a place of like love versus yeah. I'm, I'm doing so that, you know, my good points will outweigh my bad points or <laughs> that's my favorite. I'm like, really? Cause like I, forever I lived that way. I'm like, I gotta do something good to outweigh the bad points. Totally. It's like really? Like it doesn't matter. Like your heart posture more than anything matters. And the fact that I, like we go to the war zones, you move to Brazil cause you love them. And because right. he's worth that. And when you're in love with like, there, yeah, it's costly. But when you're in love, is there really a cost? Not totally. really. Yeah, yeah, there's a cost on the outside. Like, is it hard to yeah. live away from your family? Yeah. Cost, cost is relative in measure to love. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. What I want to ask one question. Yeah. Uh, what would you, in short, what would you encourage people how to... I guess, like, do you have eyes to see, like, where is your heart posture and how do you check in with yourself? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, there's a, there's a set of things for me that I constantly go back to. The number one thing is obviously just this love issue. So I I can measure that by how willing I am to worship. (laughs) True. I mean, that is, if, if my heart is not postured in a way that wants to worship, boom, something's wrong. You know, I measure it by my humility because that's what Jesus said. Come and learn of me. I'm, I'm humble. And you can measure your humility by your prayer life. If you're not in prayer, then listen, you can say you're humble all day, but you are not, you know? And so these are like, those are my two big, big gauges. Like how much is my affection towards him for worship and how much is my humility towards him for my desperation? I need him. And if those two areas, and listen, it goes back to the simple reality of what we were taught in stinking kindergarten, you know, spend time with the Lord, <laughs> worship him, read the Bible and pray. And we, we can say all this other stuff, but that is the reality of like, where is the affection of my heart going? I, I'm sorry, but if you spend more time on Instagram, than you spend in the presence. That's a good test of the affection of your heart. And, and, okay. and I hate, I hate that gauge. 
Some days I hate it because I just want to veg out and watch Netflix and scroll on my Instagram too. I'm a normal person, right? Sometimes <laughs> that is what I want to do. But the, that is a, a good picture of the affection of my heart. And so I need to not run away from the reality when I see it. I need to move into it and go, all right, today I feel like watching Netflix for four hours, God, and I don't feel like, why? Let's talk about what's going on in me. So I, I think looking at the word, not trying to water it down, not trying to pretend like you're somewhere that you're not, just being honest and going, this is where I'm really at and, and letting God do his part. And that's changing you, right? Like let him transform my heart. He is the great exchanger. He's the great healer. So I take that stuff and I'm, I'm listen, if you heard my prayer time, no one would ever invite me to speak ever again. Like, <laughs> I agree. You know, I'm totally you know? like, like if, if God himself did not call David the man after his own heart, we would all have been like, and here is the worst person in the Bible, you know? <laughs> Because you see this picture throughout Psalms of something so ugly. And yet the Lord found that something so appealing because he just liked the authenticity of his heart. So I go into my prayer time and I'm like, listen, this is where I'm at. I'm sorry. You know, I, I, will you help me? So I don't know. Was that kind of answering your question? I feel like I, yeah, no, I think it's a great, no, I think it was a great answer. Um, yeah, I feel like I could talk to you for hours. This is, I know. Uh, invite me back let's do this again let's let's just do it weekly weekly set up part two part three part four part 74 (laughs) yes in a year and a half it's it's our show now shay it's our show (laughs) i love it um i would i want to ask you the funny question it's not even funny it doesn't have to be funny right it can be whatever you want it to be and then okay if you would just pray um however you feel led to and then yeah Sure. But um, so I wanted. I told you earlier I'd ask you this just because I feel like it's yeah. a fair warning. But yeah, you in need this it. season where you're at currently, because I know it can change, right? Like, yeah, in your other season you may wanted somebody totally. else. If you could have any three people, living right. or not living, yeah. Um, and Jesus obviously is an option that we would all would want there, but right. He's omnipresent, right. so He's already there. Started there. The Great. there, father, right. there, cool. the whole crew. Yes. Um, they're there. Uh, so if you can have any three people, you can make it spiritual, non-spiritual. Uh, I always say I like Jimmy Fallon there because I think he's hilarious. Um, he's hilarious. I know. And I just think it would be fun like to mix him yeah. up with some, some odd fellows. Um, yeah. You know, if you could have any three people at a table in this season of your life, who would you want there? Yeah. I really hate this question. Because <laughs> like, I'm sitting there going, well, I could give you about, and especially like my personality. I'm like, well, I have three categories that I would each want met, you know, and let me tell you the 15 in line that I have for each of these. Most of mine are dead. Um, Okay. So I think, I think nailing down and you were saying based off of right now, right? Like, so this is where, so it's not forever because obviously next week on episode. I, I know my God, you know, this is super hard for a personality like mine. So I think, I think I'm, I'm, I'm wavering between Corey Ten Boom and William Wilberforce because of the situation we're dealing with with the Venezuelans and the fact that they're just two of my heroes. So that kind of satisfies. But I'm like, with Corey, I'm kind of like, man, there was so much need to hide people in the house in the beginning. How did you pick who? How did you, you know, what, what did that look like? What did you, how did you navigate your heart coming out of the Holocaust, dealing with people who didn't care? How did you navigate? Because 
we're dealing with that some, you know, and, and, and just the reality of it, she is a, a hero of mine. And so is William Wilberforce. Right. So, yeah. so I just answered, that's only one person though. Okay. So those two in one body is one person. Um, I would like, uh, I, I think I've been studying the life of Moses cause he's called the meekest man on earth in numbers 12. Um, and so many questions for that, by the way, go read the beginning of numbers 12, most fascinating story ever, how Jesus shows up and just defends Moses. Incredible story. Um, so rocked by Moses right now. Uh, and then I'm, I'm debating between, uh, Kanye West and Catherine Coleman for my third one. <laughs> Could, they love that. Could they be more different? Catherine Coleman, because she's like, that she calls Holy Spirit her best friend. You know, it's not even, for me, it's not even the miracles. It's the reality of this intimacy she had with, with Holy Spirit that I just, it, I'm not there. And it, it is a level of intimacy with him that I aspire to. So I got healed. My shoulder got healed through a Catherine Coleman YouTube video after she was dead. She pointed, she pointed at the screen and she said, God is healing someone's right shoulder. My shoulder popped twice and it was healed. Um, there was a level of like intimacy with Holy Spirit that she had that I just am so drawn to in my life. Uh, and then Kanye West just got converted and started a church and is like preaching the gospel. And I'm like, okay, okay, Kanye. Um, so I don't know either him. I'm going to add one more now and then I got to stop because I would just keep going Your all day. It was like way more than three things. I know, but you know, it, it, there's always it. room for more. We're Iris. Like there's always room there's for more. So more it's pull up, a, build a longer table. Right. So, um, but Nicholas Maduro, the, the president of Venezuela, like uh, he is still denying that there is a crisis in his country. He's still refusing aid. And uh, 4 million people have left. So I'm like, I just have some interesting thoughts about your brain processes, that there is no crisis in your country, yet inflation is the highest in the world. It's the worst humanitarian crisis outside of a war. 4 million people fleeing, uh, you know, and you think nothing's wrong. Let's talk about that. Can we please, sir? Um, I just, you know, I have some questions for this man. So... Yeah, Can you imagine him at the table with like a Catherine Coleman. <laughs> oh, Mayo Deus! Like I just, you know, I would want to put like uh, the most prophetic person that I know at the table, and I won't claim that as myself. So we would say, you know, someone at the table there to just yeah. read him his mail and say, you know, I yeah. don't know. I, I have a lot of questions, a lot of I questions for him and Kanye. It. And Catherine. Yeah, I have and lots of questions for Kanye. And Moses. And oh, I have a lot of questions for Kanye. I, and some about his songs. You know, <laughs> I'm not even. I don't even listen to rap. I'm not from Hotlanta like you are. Oh, I'm okay. not living. I'm not living in the hot in the hood of Atlanta. So I, you know. Anyway, okay, those are mine. I'm so sorry I couldn't do three. I'm That's so okay. Sorry. That's totally fair. It's your podcast. I mean, you're the guest. Yeah, you're right. It's my show. <laughs> my, yeah. my show. That's so funny. I love totally. it. I absolutely yeah. love it. And I love that Kanye is like totally stirring the pot of the church. Right? I, I know, right? A whole another team. That's a whole other story, you know? A yeah. whole other story. So, I love it. Yeah. All right. There's so that. because I have to end this, not because I want to. Right. Um, right. Right. And all the, all the listeners <laughs> are like, dang it, Shady. And I'm like, I know. <laughs> but someone's got to do it. That's um, right. If you wouldn't mind praying, just however Absolutely. you feel led to pray. Yeah. And then yeah. um, hit and stop recording. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's so <laughs> my, my everyday prayer, God, I just, 
forgive us for the areas that we haven't surrendered. Forgive us for the areas that we haven't yielded and, and turn our generation back to the one thing. God, let, let this be a generation that with purity of heart withstands the, the fire of your testing. God, that we would be um, so single focused for you that we would not be tempted to run after the idols that this world is offering, that we would not be tempted to um, divide our affections by the distractions, even in the ministry world, God, that we would not be allured by the promises of, of grand ministry, but Father, that our hearts would, would return to the one thing, the one thing, God, that our hearts would burn with fire and passion and love for you and you alone. Help us, give us the grace to fall more in love with you, God. And that the more we fall in love with you, the more we would obey you. And that as a generation lives yielded to you, that we would truly see heaven on earth, that we would bring transformation. Uh, so God, just for anybody listening, God, just light a passion inside their heart to just be in love with you. <laughs> and that we would run after that. Seek first the kingdom and his righteousness and everything else would be added, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Dude, thanks for hanging out with me for a bit. Anytime, anytime. Yeah, it's so good. I love it. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So thanks for listening, everybody. And you can, I'm going to throw Jess's Instagram stuff up just because I think she's totally worth following. Um, because, you know, as the Bible says, follow her, she follows Christ. And she actually <laughs> is. And I would put my stamp of approval on that. <laughs> Thank you, Shay. One of the most important things right there, girl. I'll try to be more funny on my Instagram. Oh, you're hilarious. So, anyways. All right. All right. I love you so much. Yeah, thanks for hanging. <laughs>